G'day humans, what's good work? Chris Funder here with another edition of Wrestling Our Style along with Alex Freddie Williams. Alex, how you going, mate? I am laughing today, mate. It is a beautiful day and I am I am in very high spirits considering what we're going to talk about today. Yeah, so we're talking about the conclusion of New Japan Pro Wrestling's New Japan Cup of USA, which aired on the New Japan Strong Program. Yeah, yeah. And um, more specifically, we're going to talk about the R Block and who's on top at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I suppose we'll get there in a moment. Um, <laughs> so talking the opening round matches, uh, Kenta defeated Carl Fredericks. Jeff Cobb defeated Tonga Loa. David Finley defeated Chase Owens. And Brody King defeated Tama Tonga. Um, did you think there was any big upset results or any standout matches really from the first round there? Um, I'll be perfectly blunt with you. I did not think there was a single standout match in this entire tournament. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Big, big call there from Alex. Um, yeah, I thought it was pretty good opening round, but nothing really stood out too much. No, and um, I, I don't know. Like, the environment is what it is, but it's just, it's a bit jarring to watch at times. Yeah, especially with um, no fans and it's a blacked out arena sort of deal yeah yeah and um i don't know i don't think the wrestlers were going out there deliberately trying to have some standout matches yeah well from there in the second night the semi-finals kenta defeated jeff cobb and david finley defeated tamatonga Yeah, so um, I've never been that high on Tomatonga in ring. Um, he's fine. He, his personality is the draw for me. And in particular, his personality playing off a crowd. And unfortunately, that's just not what he can do right now. And that's no one's fault, really. Um. As far as Kenta and Cobb goes, like, I feel like it could have been amazing, but it just didn't quite get there. Yeah, I sort of feel the same. It sort of got stuck in second gear, just so to speak. Um, we move on to the final. Now, before I talk about the final, Kenta versus David Finley, did you watch any of the undercard matches from night two or three? Uh, I did not. I did not, no. Um, yeah, so I thought the um, best undercard match was TJP, ACH, and Alex Zane facing PJ Black, Mysterio, and Blake Christian. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You talked about that the other week, and um, I told you I'd go back and check it out, which I haven't, because bare minimum Alex over here. <laughs> yeah, well, it has has been a big week in uh, wrestling, and then 
the uh, final happened. Cantor versus David Finley. Alex was on. So Alex was on four points going on going into this matchup. I was on six points for our block, with three points being awarded for the final. Match itself goes 13 minutes 35 with Kenta getting the pinfall victory. Yeah, for me, uh, Kenta winning this tournament was like the only logical step, to be honest. Like, I did not think it was ever in doubt that Kenta wouldn't win. Like, I got a little nervous from time to time, but um, the way the story's progressing over in Japan, it made sense for something similar to progress over in the United States, and I felt like if they were going to continue the Bullet Club domination thing, Kent is the perfect guy for it in the States. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so I suppose he got awarded his trophy, got awarded his, his IWGP US heavyweight contract and calls out John Moxley, but Jeff Cobb comes down. Now, I reckon he's going to defend... The contract, very similar to the G1 against Cobb, the commentators were sort of mentioning that. Do you see him uh, retaining against Cobb there? Uh, I do. I do. Um, If we actually are, and it sounds like it, we're definitely going to get the Moxley title defence. If we are going to get it, I'd much rather see Mox in there with someone I haven't already seen him get in there with. Yeah, I'd have to agree. And then that's sort of the, the next thing. Does Moxley lose the AEW championship to MJF at all out? And then he goes and does this match for New Japan. Definitely. A hundred percent. I was thinking that myself. I was thinking uh, AEW probably wouldn't risk having John Moxley lose on New Japan if Moxley's still the champ. So they might not send him until Moxley loses the title. It might not be to MJF. It might be like might not be until the end of the year at full gear or whatever the next pay per view is. But um Yeah, yeah, that that's what I was thinking myself. Yeah, I'd absolutely have to agree with that. I think themselves with this clause where he can't wrestle in the US for anyone other than AEW, he's not going there, especially while he's their champion, unbeaten as champion. Yes. Um, So from there, we've got New Japan happening this week. Well, I suppose it's already happened by the time you listen to this. Um. I suspect they're probably going to announce some of the G1 participants. Is there any, well, let's say any names you suspect will be like the um, two big names in each block? Um, I think there's got to be one block where you've got Ibushi as one of the big names. Probably the other block you'll have like an Okada or a Tanahashi. And, um, yeah, I guess 
I guess it sort of comes down to Tanahashi, Okada, Naito, and Ibushi, I would think. Like, as the big names in the block, I don't necessarily think those four guys will be, um, like, in the mix by the end because of an out-there theory about who could be to, who could be in the final anyway. Yeah, I suppose we can save that for our for our next show. But um, for myself, I think Tanahashi, Ibushi, and Suzuki are all in one block. Then Okada, Evil, Naito, all in the other block. So you've got your sort of big people all in two different blocks. Ah, uh, complete. I don't know. It's been so long since G1. Um, I completely forgot the champs in it. So, yeah. Yep. Yeah, and with, with this match in Jingu, it'll be interesting to see what happens there for the the double title again. Yeah. But I suppose that's it for our block at the moment. Alex is leading seven points to Chris on six with the overall prize coming up at the end of the year for, for Fruity's Ultimate Game Show bonuses yeah huge we're talking a little off air about some of the advantages and that and i think we've already scoped out a few different options but it'll be interesting to see who's champion at the end of the year and see if that entices anyone i think yeah yeah so um i don't know uh imagine if you had the option of picking an mjf to go into your fantasy fed. Like you having an MJF as a heel feuding with like a baby face Bret Hart. Whoa. Like think how cool that would be. Who would you pair him with in WCW then? Oh man. Like MJF as a heel has a hint of rock about him, right? Yeah. Who's the rock's best at biggest feud? Yeah, like imagine MJF versus Austin. Or I could even like turn Flair babyface and have MJF versus Flair in a battle of like obnoxious rich people. (laughs) Fair enough. Maybe Wardlow will still be with him then and you could draft Wardlow. Oh, imagine if Orange Cassidy has the title at the end of the year. <laughs> I could draft I, Orange Cassidy. I've said and I, I could go into the um, Observer Hall of Fame or like one of the other Hall of Fames and draft Jim Cornette. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> well, with that being said, I speak we'll speak to you all next time, humans. Goodbye. Peace out.